Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is on a plane going to do some evangelization for the weekend. Matt Arnold will be joining me the second segment. We've got lots to talk about. Man, you talk about a cultural war that's happening right now. You think about the Virginia Supreme Court could hear a case of a teacher fired for refusing to use male pronouns for female student. Are you kidding me? Tell me that 25 years ago and you'd say you're crazy. We got so many other stories of cultural things. We're going to talk about what's happening in Canada, praying for the folks up there. It's unbelievable what's happening. We'll get to that. And also, we're going to have Matt Arnold and myself discuss this issue that a lot of people are hearing around the internet about. Is Pope Francis really the Pope? Well, we're going to cover that and, and tell you why he is the Pope, whether you like it or not. He's the Pope. But we'll talk about that. And also, this is a good topic. How to recognize spiritual attacks in your, in your life. Ten principles that we're going to cover. But before we do any of that, we always like to get the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We call it soul food. So this whole week we've been reading from James. And boy, James doesn't really need an explanation, does it? It's just a great book. So let's read James chapter 2, verse 14, 24, and 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and no food for the day, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? So also faith is in itself. It, it does not have works. If, if it does, if it does not have works, it's dead. Indeed, someone might say, you have faith and I have works. Demonstrate your faith to me without works, and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe that and tremble. Do you want proof, you ignoramus? That's right in the Bible. That faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? Good question. You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by the works. Thus, Scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Oh, I love to be called a friend of God. See how a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For just as your body without the spirit is dead, so also faith is without works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love it. Now, again, anybody who says that, you know, you've got faith without putting it into action, you know, talk is cheap. The supply exceeds the demand. There's no demand for people who don't put their faith into action. And that's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful and, and to try to make restitution reparation, atonement for the sins of the world, including the sins inside the church. That's our action. Think about prayer. 
is really the first motive that we should be taking. All right, let's bring in the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Here's what Bishop Sheen says. As, dro- as a drop of blood can live in the body, but the drop of blood cannot live apart from the body, so neither can any of us live the fullness of Christ's life except in his mystical body, the church. Now, I think of what Bishop Sheen is saying is that, yes, our church has the fullness of the faith. And sometimes I wonder about our clergy who don't communicate that. They act like the church is the optimist club, you know, some social club, but not the mystical body of Christ that Christ has given us for salvation of the world. The church is that, like, sacrament. And we have to understand the church is the bride of Christ. We have infallible people that are in the church, including myself. We're sinners. That's one of the prerequisites you have to have to join the church. That's what we call, we're all sinners, right? But what's happened, in my humble opinion, and this is just my take on it, is that we've made this idea that universal salvation is for everyone, that somehow only people like maybe Hitler won't make it, you know, to heaven. But everybody else, you're all fine. The problem with that approach, and it's been going on for decades in my lifetime, I've heard it, is they don't preach the term repentance. Repent and believe in the gospel. We're going to be coming up to Lent in the next couple of weeks. And when that, you know, the ashes are put on our head, repent and believe in the gospel. Too many of us aren't preaching the fullness of the Catholic faith when it comes to repent. They're thinking mercy is out there. But mercy doesn't come without asking for repentance. That's just how it works. So I would encourage all of us to preach the fullness of the Catholic faith, which is found in our catechism and our perennial teachings of the church. I wanted to take a couple minutes here before Matthew Arnold comes on at the second segment to just, again, acknowledge, you know, we're going to be talking about how to recognize spiritual attacks on the spiritual life later in the show. But I just I, I just have to say this cultural war that's going on, it's it's good over evil. I mean, we've got, I mentioned the uh, Virginia Supreme Court could hear this case of a teacher fired for refusing to use male pronouns for female students. Now, he's being represented by a good a group called the Alliance of Defending Freedom, Christian organization, and he, he's basically saying no government can force any person to express messages that violate his core beliefs. And the bottom line is what was happening is in 2018, this female student in question gave the teacher a letter saying she was a transgender and wanted to be called by a new masculine name. It's like saying I'm now six foot five, but I'm really five foot five. That, you know. She agreed to call, he agreed to call the student by his new name, but explained to the principal, but he said, I couldn't call her she when she's a he. <laughs> so basically, he gets called over to the principal, and they, they put him on leave, and then the court case started. So we pray that common sense will be 
justified here because this man is only putting out what is obvious, right? That he's a male, that the, ma the young student's a male, not a woman, or woman, not a man. So that's one. Number two, cultural issues. Texas Attorney General sues the CDC, the Biden administration, over mask mandates for the travelers. I'll be going on a plane tomorrow. Got to wear a mask, you know, whether you like it or not. I wear a mask. But they're taking this and they're suing the government for that. So, you know what? We got to fight back. Our brothers and sisters up in Canada, can you imagine this, for folks? This is going to be shocking. The top Canadian government aide was fired after hackers exposed her $100 donation to the truckers, the Freedom Convoy. So what happened is that list of thousands of donors helping these Canadian truckers protest the unjust rules of Canada, they get told, okay, everybody on that list, now we found out who you are, your bank account's frozen. You better have some cash on hand or you're not buying milk or food for your family because we just stopped you in your tracks. That doesn't sound like a democratic country, does it? Sounds like Cuba, uh, Russia, you know, communism. But we need to pray for them because they're in a tough situation. Also, I wanted to acknowledge a former uh, Canadian military chaplain. He's a priest. And I love the article from LifeSite. He says, uh, in the protest, he's wearing his collar and his crucifix. He says, this has made me feel proud about what we stand for. I don't understand why the prime minister is not here with us. He says this Canadian priest in Ottawa over the weekend. So they're standing up for their rights. They don't feel like they have to be <clears throat> uh, vaccinated to be a truck driver. When are we going to acknowledge that people who have natural immunity is much better than any vaccination? And they just don't want to acknowledge the truth about that. We've known that for thousands of years. And here in a modern world, right? Oh, we're so sophisticated. We don't know that now. We're denying it. This is really sad. But I want to actually remember to pray for them because Trudeau's government has confirmed that Canadian banks have started freezing the accounts of all the protesters. And this is how they're going to stop us, uh, freedom people, in Canada to stop, take their money away and I just find that reprehensible and we need to pray for our Canadian brothers and sisters that freedom will reign and uh, when we come back from this break Matt Arnold and I are going to discuss a topic that Patrick Coffin has said uh, that the Pope isn't the Pope we don't agree with him let's see some of the other people have said Dr. Ed Mazza said that um, there's other people who are saying that this is because they can do the gymnastics. I don't agree with that. And I'll tell you why Pope Francis is the Pope when we come back here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Now I'm going to get some emails now. That's okay. It's the truth that sets us free, not my personal opinion. Stay with us, family, here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, out of town, Matt Arnold's coming on board to discuss this issue about Pope Francis. I want to set the stage, first of all. Both of these men are friends of mine 
from way back. Uh, Dr. Ed Mazza and I, we just don't agree on this. And also Patrick Coffin, who, when he went to work for Catholic Answers, he stayed at my house coming down from Canada to get the interview. So I, uh, I've been a supporter of those, both of those guys for years. I just don't agree with them on this topic. And, and we're going to give our reasons why. Matt Arnold, are you with us? I hope I am. <laughs> I can hear you just fine. Yeah, I don't okay. see you. That's why I asked the question. Matt, I, okay. I, you and I have... I, folks, I want to tell you, for the last two decades, Matt Arnold and I have had more lunches together discussing theological things than probably anybody <laughs> I, I know, Matt. I don't... I mean, we, we laugh because we get carried away on these topics because we love the study of God. I mean, right, we love the church. We love the church. We love Christ. So, Matt, I'm going to throw it to you. I, I know that uh, many of our friends have, have it's a big discussion. I think Church Militant tonight's going to be discussing this. Is Pope Francis the Pope, or is there something that um, is stopping him from being right. the Pope? It impedes that. It impedes yeah. that. Yeah, thank you. Oh, um, first off, as St. Augustine says in uh, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and mm. all things, charity. Amen, brother. <laughs> so with that in mind, there is, you know, this is kind of this idea that, that Francis is not the Pope because Benedict is the true Pope. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's kind of a, a branch of Sedevacantism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it Benedictantism. Right, because <laughs> it, it goes bye-bye when he dies. I get it. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, Cardinal Ratzinger, let's, one thing we can all agree on, yeah. he was a legitimately elected pope. Okay. okay? Uh, and as pope, his relation to canon law was as supreme mm. legislator. That's right. Okay? Yep. When you become pope, you get the supreme power in the church. How? By accepting legitimate election and through the Episcopal consecration. So we agree he's pope. Mm-hmm. Now, a pope is certainly bound by the doctrines of the church, right? The, the deposit right. of faith. But he's not the subject of canon law. He can modify canon law. He can even abolish canon law at his good pleasure. Okay? Mm-hmm. Therefore, uh, also, no appeal or recourse is ever permitted against a sentence or decree of the Roman pontiff. Therefore, when Benedict, as supreme legislator, made manifest his will to resign his papacy, there's no defect of form, quote-unquote, that could impede that resignation. See, that's their first argument, is that Benedict didn't resign properly. Right. Okay? And, and it says right here, um, you know, it is required, this is Canon 332, it's required for, uh, if it happens that the Roman pontiff resigns his office, it is required for validity that the resignation is made freely and it's properly manifested, but not that it's accepted by anyone. That's right. <laughs> okay. That makes and it so clear. There it is. The, the, the fact that you don't like it doesn't matter. Immaterial. And Pope Benedict has said so in words of one syllable. Right. Uh, just last year, in t- March of 2021, he said, I did it of my own free will. My conscience is clear. I understand some people don't like to accept it, but that's their problem. That's my paraphrase, but that's essentially what he said. And, of course, it was manifest because he announced it publicly. It wasn't a secret resignation. Right. Right. So there it is. So. I mean, at, at this point, case closed. Yeah. However, they're, they're not they're not happy with that, right? Right. So, um, his resignation was accepted, though it was accepted as fact by the College of Cardinals, who then duly elected Jorge Bergoglio as his successor. Right. And because he was duly elected, now, right, mm-hmm. he <laughs> obtained full and supreme power in the church by the acceptance of his election and his episcopal consecration. He's, he, Francis is the Pope, 
the worldwide Episcopate, the Catholic faithful, heck, you know, the entirety of the non-Catholic world, for that matter, uh, all recognize him as supreme pontiff. Right. Therefore, he is the Pope. It cannot be otherwise, Barry. Right. No. Because it, 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 we could never be sure of a papal election. Exactly. Every, every papacy back to Peter would be in question. In question, yes. That's a you very know? good and, point. And Habemus, Habemus Popham would be nothing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. No, I agree so, with you. So, and, and, and that's really, that's the whole argument. Question, we we yeah. can get into the, to mm-hmm. the, uh, stuff of the set of Acantist arguments that they that they fall into regarding uh, the Pope's, uh, you know, some of the admittedly egregious things that he's done as Pope. Yeah. But and you know, if you want if you want to talk about that, we can. Well, Before, I, I yeah, go ahead. Go, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Terry. I just want to bring up the issues that they brought up about Cardinal former Cardinal McCarrick saying that he influenced the conclave. I'm I'm almost positive that has happened over two thousand years. <clears throat> many times where there's been influence in that. But the bottom line is, and this is just my take on it, Matthew, that you make these good points, but let's focus on what we do know, and that is regarding to our own salvation, meaning that I said the Pope Francis is the Pope whether you like it or not, okay? Get over it because I— No, I'm just saying get over it because we've had popes that we haven't had, you know, that may not be as clear as— other popes, and we had to live with them, and the church survived. But I want to give people the opportunity to focus more on getting closer to Christ, getting uh, their prayer life in order, and not focus on things that they can't control. And this is one of those things you and I have no say in this, Matthew. Well, that's right. And, and you know, admittedly, there is confusion in the church. Oh, There's no question about I that. that. Sure. And, and Pope Francis has done some pretty questionable things. Of course. But, I mean, the, the points you need to make, I think, uh, if you're talking to somebody that's, that's got this opinion, is, you know, I mean, Pope Emeritus is unprecedented. I, I remember right after Benedict um, oh, announced his resignation, sure. I was given a series of talks for the Knights of Columbus out in San Bernardino, mm-hmm. and their chaplain was there. And uh, and I mentioned it, you know, in the course of my talks because everybody was interested. Sure. And and there was a lot of conjecture about what his title would be, mm-hmm. if he would simply go back to being uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, or you know, if there would be some, if he would be uh, Bishop of Rome Emeritus was kind of the the consensus. Right. And this priest, the the, the chaplain said he will be Pope Emeritus, and I said, well, that's impossible. That's <laughs> you know, that's never happened in the church. Exactly. That's- and he's going, no, I, I, he's telling me I got, a, I got an inside, you know, thing in Rome, and I'm telling you, and I didn't believe him until, of course, it was announced. <laughs> I didn't so even, that, okay. That is, you know, I mean, I, and like I say, in my opinion, yeah, that's not a good idea. choice. Oh, yeah. But my opinion in 10 bucks will get you a Big Mac fries and a Coke. <laughs> that's true, me too, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> and also to be, to be with, with all yeah. respect, because you know, you know the high esteem in which I Absolutely. Uh, Joseph Ratzinger. Um. He's a 94-year-old ex-pope. Uh, you know, his opinion is also worth a Big Mac fries, you know. That's right. You know He's yep. not the pope anymore. Nope. And, and so no matter how cryptic he might be in, when he, in his opinions, yeah. you, know, uh, uh, you know, however he cryptically he expresses them, the fact remains that he resigned, and he's been very clear about that. He said, in words of one syllable, to the, in the interview with The Guardian. Yes, he did. In, in 2021, he said, yep. there is only one, one pope. pope. Right. So, and I resigned. Yeah. And I thank you. And I don't mean to be confrontational with my good friends who say that that's not the case. But I think for the benefit of our listeners, we need clarity on this point. Well, that's the thing. You know, I mean, when it comes to... Um, 
the question of set of accountism. I mean, the arguments that, okay, well, well, first off, uh, did the St. Gallen Mafia conspire to make Bergoglio Pope and so forth? Well, maybe and maybe not. Yep. Maybe they're just taking credit for it. Yeah. Maybe they're, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if you think that the guy lied when he did the conclave, maybe he's lying now. Yeah. My point is that it's all just conjecture. Exactly. You know, that, that's, that's not, it's not a smoking gun. It's, yeah. not, it's nothing like proof. And, uh, you know, the St. Gallen Mafia were not the only cardinal electors there. It was all of them. Okay. Exactly. And, and, you know, these guys are, you know, if anything, they're breaking a rule by telling tales out of school because you're not supposed to talk about the conclave. Right. And this is why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <reason> why. <laughs> well, Matt, I, my, my action item on all of this discussion is to pray for the Pope, pray for the church. Uh, we do this here at Virgin Most Powerful every Thursday night. We were there last night on our knees praying for the Pope, for our bishops, for our leaders in our church, because Holy Thursday was when the priesthood was brought about and also the institution right. of the Holy Eucharist. And so I'm going to make a suggestion that we spend more time in prayer than uh, discussing who the, uh, if there's a, if Pope Francis is the Pope, and I'll tell you why, because uh, we need to focus on our own spiritual life more than trying to solve problems that we can't solve individually. And that would be my take. That's right. You know, Terry, I, I would agree with you. I would, I would go as far as to say that even includes, that includes uh, reading the Bible. Even. Yeah, of course. Uh, that it, includes course studying it. apologetics, studying theology. Your faith, uh, yeah. I, you know, the story of one of the brothers, um, one of the first of the Friars Minor, went to St. Francis <laughs> right. and asked him about, yeah. you know, reading the Bible. And he said, reading the Bible, you know, that's, that's great. That's fine. He says, as long as you follow the example of Jesus, mm -hmm. who we read in the Bible, he says he prayed more than he read. Yep, that's right. And well that's, said, that's Matt. That's what it boils down to. Well, yeah, and especially when I say you, you should pray more than you read, that especially yeah. applies to the Internet. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Matthew, we just have another minute, but I want to give a plug to your show each week on Wednesdays here on Virgin Most Powerful. Can you share with our listeners how they can listen to your show and what what's the content of your show? Absolutely. Well, my show is called No Nonsense Catholic. Mm -hmm. And that is, and what, is, what does that mean? Well, um, I am a Catholic who, I consider myself a traditional Catholic. Sure. I prefer the extraordinary form of the Mass, but I don't, I, obviously, I think Francis is the Pope, and I don't, uh, you know, all of the things that, the negative things that people would associate with that, mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to dispel. Right. Because I think a traditional Catholic is anybody that can say the act of faith and really mean it. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you say Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit or, right. or whether or not you pray the Luminous Mysteries or what Mass you go to. <laughs> what matters is, do you, do you accept everything that the Catholic Church teaches as revealed by God? Exactly. And, and for that, and I say that's no nonsense. That is a no-nonsense Catholic. Well and so that's what I try and do. I try and clear up confusion mm -hmm. on these various matters. Always talk about the... Um, the gospel from the previous Sunday in the extraordinary form in the right. traditional calendar. Right. Uh, try and remind people about the uh, the traditions of the church and how they still apply. How uh, Vatican II is part of the ongoing tradition of the church if it's properly understood. Yep. And uh, you know, and, and that that's that's what it boils down to. I, I sometimes I start the show by saying uh, the confusion stops here. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and that, and that's my you know. Uh, that may be a little bold, but that is my, certainly my hope. And Matt, to, uh, just to jump yeah. in, if people want to hear older shows, podcasts, they can go to vmpr.org 
Download the uh, free app at the same time so you can listen live or on podcast, but there's quite a few shows back there for them to listen to. Well, it's also, I I think, uh, especially for anybody listening on Catholic radio right now, because I know your show has has been picked up by a lot of radio stations. Um, If you'd like to listen to the other, uh, naturally, I... By, by all means, uh, continue to support your local Catholic radio Absolutely. station. Absolutely. But, uh, but when you've got the time, yeah, visit vmpr.org and click on our shows, and you can see all of the programs. And, and as you say, Terry, they're, they're uh, archived, and, of course, they're available live each uh, every weekday on the podcast. Very well. Uh, or on the, on the iPhone app. You got it. Thanks. Matt, thank you so much. No Nonsense Catholic, every Wednesday on vmpr.org. Thanks again, Matt. When we come back, folks, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about how to recognize spiritual attacks in your life here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse will be back on Monday. Terry Barber here. I just wanted to say, please pray for all the talks that are going on in the Vatican, February 17th to the 19th in Vatican's Pope Paul VI Hall. It's all about the priesthood, the fundamental theology of the priesthood. Pope Francis gave a little opening, and that was very well done. It's on the National Catholic Register's website. Uh, And so I think we need to be praying for our priests. And uh, that's always a good thing to do, like we, we do every Thursday here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. All right, I don't want to give too much credit to the devil, but I have to acknowledge right now, if you look around, there's so much chaos going on in our culture that um, we need to, uh, we really do need to pray for uh, the truth of the gospel to be promoted because Satan seems like he's, running ragged right now and without a leash. All right, so here's the topic, how to recognize these spiritual attacks. Now, they are more frequent than ever. When we look at the world right now, it's all messed up. Now, there are external situations that make us vulnerable to the demons. Number one is living outside the state of grace, right? Not close to the sacraments. You're just opening yourself up to the demons. For example... We'll talk about all the changes, the inconveniences. We also have suffered during this health crisis, right? People closing churches. That didn't help us stay in the state of grace, did it? Now, it happens that many people become depressed. Man, they sure did with this pandemic issue. Permanently anguished, demoralized. They're bitter, confused, which leads them to resort to taking medications. We saw the statistics in the last two years. All kinds of depression medication just went sky high because people were in their homes. They couldn't get out. And unfortunately, the churches were closed. People couldn't pray as much as they wanted to. They wanted to visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, unless you came to our chapel, which we never closed the doors. Or simply think that the only solution to their problem is is waiting for the pandemic to end. Wrong! But they do, do not realize that they may be suffering from a demonic attack, which is not cured by medication or changes in health care, okay? When you're not living a sacramental life, you're open to the devil. The d- demonic attack is part of the spiritual warfare 
that the evil one has unlashed against you. And the only way to emerge victorious is to fight it with the weapons of spiritual battle, which are the sacraments. And I want to give you 10 signs that indicate if a person is under spiritual attack. And I'm going to give you the antidotes that must be activated to win that spiritual war and expel the negative influence from your lives. I, I meet a lot of people, and I right away I can tell if they're a negative person or a positive right, right away. So if you're feeling restless, overwhelmed these days, I must tell you that you are feeling what many people feel, right? I mean, well, get a mask on. Get a get vaccinated. No, all these things are pressuring. The one, the evil one, is the one behind all this, trying to destabilize you so that you fall. Yeah, he want he wants you to be so scared. Oh my gosh, forget about it. And also, I might add, the confusion of the church is also demonic, in my opinion, because they're trying to pull you away from God. There's you, you know people say, well, if he doesn't care, I don't care. If the priest doesn't care, I don't care. No, no, no. That priest is not going to judge you. It's Jesus Christ that does. So you must be clear that the goal to neutralize your spirituality so that you move away from only safe sources of peace and protection. Therefore, you must understand that the only way to be affected by this attack is to remain spiritually strong. You've got to have your armor on. Firmly united to divine providence, as the branches are united to a tree that gives its life. Yeah, you don't want your branches cut off. That's what's happened to a lot of people. I meet them all the time. I ask them, what church are you going to? Oh, we used to go here, but when the pandemic hit, we haven't found a place yet. That's their excuse. And that the, attacks, the attack always works trying to produce confusion, emotional weakness, distraction from your main focus of life, and fear. See, what happens is you want to get distracted Let's just surf the internet and forget about going to Mass, reading my Bible. I'll just read on the internet. It titillates me. See, that's not right. That's taking you away from God. And it does so through lies, deceit, even from sources that you previously believed to be trustworthy, like, you know, the government. And how to detect that the devil is attacking you spiritually and not that you have psychological problems or have had some bad days. Remember, we have Dr. Sandoval, who's a clinical psychiatrist. The Dr. Sandoval show every Thursday. He just did one yesterday. You should be listening to that show, and you can do that by going to vmpr.org, download the app, and listen to his show, because he's the doctor that works with the exorcists in the Orange Diocese. So you can really trust what he has to say when it comes to spiritual warfare. So let's see these 10 characteristic symptoms that you should attribute to the spiritual attack. The first one, and I say extreme frustration. Yeah, I've met people that are extremely frustrated. They're shaking. During a spiritual attack, the enemy uses a variety of circumstances to oppress your mind and bring you to great frustration. The person perceives himself as in the state of a siege and on the edge of a predecessor and is very anxious. You've met people like that? So have I. Second, you feel unusually weak and tired. Now, it could be your thyroid. I get it. But many times when you're under attack, 
you're just so overwhelmed and you're weak and you're tired. You have lack of energy. Vitality are often the result of a prolonged attack. Nervousness, lack of sleep, battles over your health, are all of its fruits. Now the third characteristic, and I say lack of peace. What I mean by lack of peace, you just, I don't feel like, you know, I don't, I don't have any peace in my life. Like I said, get to the sacraments. Spend time before the blessed sacrament. That's where your peace will come back. The enemy bombards you, your mind, with all these thoughts and permanent temptations in order to steal your peace. When those temptations come, replace them with holy thoughts. That's what you do. You got to have a offense when they are attacked, not just a defense. You you bring in good images of Our Lady. Have that rosary in your hand or in your pocket. The mind becomes irritated, and again, you feel exhausted. Now, here's the, the fourth characteristic. <clears throat> Lack of spiritual passion. Oh, what good is it? I'm not any good. You start pointing at yourself that I'm terrible. You hear that? You know, you're, you're not. If God stopped thinking about you, you'd cease to exist. You need to keep uh, uh, the fact that you're made in the image and likeness of God. The enemy, the devil, tries to steal your tenacity for the things of God. So he wants to replace these things. Uh, let's don't go to church, honey. Let's go, let's go have a good dinner over at uh, such and such or a good breakfast over, and th that'll be our Sunday service. No! Wrong. The fifth is confusion about your purpose. See, when you lack the purpose in life, and I think I've been reading this per 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 issue of the purpose of life, basically from one of the fathers of the fraternity of St. Peter, when you don't have your purpose in life with this uncertainty, <clears throat> this is going to serve as a reminder at all times and all events are under God's divine providence. You've got to remember that or you'll fall. Nothing happens without at least God's permissive will, which allows us to occur. And we know that God only allows things to happen that will ultimately work out for his greater glory and the good of his followers. You need to repeat this. Somehow, some way, he will triumph and bring good out of this evil. Right now in our culture, God's going to bring good out of this evil. In the meantime, you and I have a role to play. We are called to be faithful to Jesus Christ and to persevere in good times and in bad. Sounds like my marriage vows. We're called to overcome temptations, to discouragement, despair, and focus on accomplishing, or that said, the purpose of life. What is your purpose? To know, love, and serve God, and thus to save our mortal souls. I'll repeat it. Say this during the day. What is my purpose? to love and serve God and thus to save our immortal soul. At the beginning of each day, we can sometimes feel overwhelmed like we're talking about with various tasks to accomplish and goals to meet. But in the final analysis, we have only one goal, to grow closer to God this day. Can you remember that? Go Grow closer to God this day. Each of us is called to work for this goal according to his state 
in life. Priests, religious, mothers, fathers, workers, students, everyone. We grow closer to God by accomplishing our daily task in union with him and ultimately for him, offering up our joys, sufferings, hopes, fears of God who loves us more than we can imagine. Like I just said, if, you, if God stopped thinking about you, you would cease to exist. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to continue with number 6 to 12, uh, the attacks of the devil. I want to remind everybody, too, that we have the marriage seminar conference, May 7th, 2022, from 9 a.m. to 5 o'clock. We have Mass at 5. This is with Dr. Sandoval, Mary Danielle Barber, my wife, and myself. We're going to be covering material on marriage with the Bible, the Catechism, Bishop Sheen's Three to Get Married, and Cardinal Seurat's latest book on marriage. This will be all day. Uh, if you want to register, go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. I guarantee you that you'll love going and your marriage will be better off by your going. When we come back, let's talk again on how to recognize spiritual attacks in your life here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. We've got more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Thank you very much. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Remember, we have the recordings from a couple weeks back of Father Chad Ripperger. You can't miss that conference, and you can do it by just going to vmpr.org, register to get the uh, recordings of the whole weekend. It was outstanding, and uh, I would say I would recommend there's a lot of good advice there from Father Chad and his team. Now, I was talking about confusion about your purpose. And we talked about how we have to know that we should know, love, and serve God. That's our purpose. But during a spiritual attack, there's often great confusion about your spiritual path. That's why I encourage people to visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament on a regular basis. Go and pray the rosary with a family, uh, your, your weekly prayer group you know, that supports you in your beliefs of the faith. Uh, it's important because... Uh, if you don't have, you know, there's an old saying by Don Bosco, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. We need to be associating with friends who have number one in their life to get to heaven. And when you run around people who pray the rosary and visit Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and go to Mass, get to the sacraments on a regular basis, it makes it easier for you to do likewise. Now, as I said, that sixth one, strong drive to get out of your to, to get out of your purpose. Uh, in other words, they, they just want to forget about it and just say, I'm done. Every believer is born with a unique purpose. We have to recognize that, that God has given you a job, as St. Henry Newman said, that he hasn't given to anyone else. And your job is to embrace that. So I have a certain way of my own life. I've tried to do God's will and... Uh, you know, do what he's at, given me gifts to do, and you have you do the same thing. So God also gives unique gifts and graces to fulfill that plan. 
An attack will overwhelm you with thoughts of quitting and leaving your position. Reject that. Reject it. There is only one main purpose behind spiritual attacks. To get you to give up on your faith. Seventh, go back to your... Here's another one. Seven, you go back to old bondages. Yeah, in other words, ask for the grace when you go to confession. If it's a sin that you keep committing, ask for the grace to be to reject it in the future, you know, to say no. The person is often pushed into negative cycles which he already freed himself from. So you're going back to your old ways. And you got to be able to say no. you got to have a disciplined life. If you can't say no to yourself, you're done. So work on discipline. It could even be this. Are you ready, folks? Not putting salt on your eggs in the morning. I like salt. Okay. Say no to yourself. But they taste blasé. So offer that up for our priests, for the bishops, for the Holy Father. You see how that can be? It could help you in your spiritual life to say no to yourself and offer it up as a sacrifice. This is what, you know, the devil doesn't want you to do. Put more salt on, Terry. Put a little pepper, too. It tastes really great. Hey, say no to these things, in my opinion, because, you know what? You don't have to have everything just perfect. I think that it's important to deny us legitimate things. Now, eighth, you stray from healthy relationships. Oh, I'm just going to go to the bar and go drink. That's an unhealthy relationship. I'm sorry, I don't go along with that. Some people say, well, you know, I meet people there. You know what? Go to the church, make a visit, or go to um, a novena mass or something, and meet someone there who's got the same principles that you have. You won't find them at the bar. So have healthy relationships. And what I mean by healthy relationships is, you know, people are going to help you get closer to Christ. So when the um, ninth one, it seems that you have to change your values and priorities. That's what they're trying to get you to do. You got to change. You got to change. The world's changing. I don't care if the world's changing. The truths of Christ don't change. Now, there are sometimes it's such as a massive attack that it seems like there's no attack, but you have simply to change. No. There are times when it seems that all your resources dry up at the same time. Have you had that? Go back to the sacraments. Go back to Christ. Tenth, you question the direction calling that you have clearly felt. You start saying, well, maybe I can't do this. Maybe God doesn't want me to be a, a priest. Maybe God doesn't want me to be a nurse. No, that's second guessing. If you do your daily duty and you're here to do, fulfill that, that is God's will being manifested moment by moment. As long as you're fulfilling your, 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 your duty in your state in life. So this is really, really important that we continue to try to do God's will in our life day by day by fulfilling our duties in our state in life and stay focused on Christ. Don't go off and say, oh, whether it's is the Pope the Pope or look what's happening over here in this part of the world. I got to study everything about the, the planes they're using in the Middle East right now. That's, you know, not going to help you get to heaven. Take the time to open up your catechism. I mean, we have a show with Bishop Joseph Strickland every week on Tuesday after the Terry and Jesse show. And he teaches us the fundamentals of the faith. Can you imagine that? A bishop doing that. 
I don't know of another bishop that's doing that on the radio. It's important to study your faith because it's a lifetime occupation. You never stop growing. And here's the question. If you fall, and you will, I only have one question. Did you get up? Too many times people fall and they go, oh, I can't do it again. I uh, Stop crying. Get over it. I'm sorry. I'm kind of tough on you, aren't I? You got to stay focused on Christ. Ask Jesus Christ. Ask your guardian angel to help you stay in that state of grace. I have a good friend right now who, who um, needed some help. I encouraged him to go on a, a silent retreat. And that's just what he needed. Time to be with the Lord. And sometimes... That's all we need is that quiet time. Because remember, I talked about the value of silence. I think I mentioned St. Mother Teresa saying, God is a friend of silence. And I love this. His language is silence. Go to the church. Be there alone with our Lord. St. John of the Cross, he said, what we need most in order to make progress in the spiritual life is the Terry and Jesse show. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> it's, it's to be silent before God. St. Paul VI said, the silence of Nazareth should teach us how to meditate in peace and quiet, to reflect on the spiritual, deeply spiritual, and to be open to the voice of God. Pope Benedict Emeritus said, silence is capable of excavating an interior space in our inmost depths so that God can abide there so that his word may remind, remain in us so love for him may be rooted in our minds and hearts. And I would recommend too that Cardinal Seurat's book on silence, that is, you got to get good books. St. Alphonsus Liguori said 500 years ago, God only knows how much good can come from one holy book. And Cardinal Seurat's books are always good. I have the book Couples Awaken Your Love here from Ignatius Press. Go to Ignatius Press, get anything by Cardinal Seurat, but especially his book on silence. And don't forget, the angels communicate their love to us when we are silent and still. The unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Put them to work, right? That's how I see it. And remember... Uh, this is so important that the silence of the angels, we should not only imitate their lives of constant prayer, but also ask them to purify our minds and strengthen our resolve to achieve interior silence. So we live in a noisy world, obviously. We've got radio, television, the internet. Take some time to just be with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Because this is how you're going to find your peace. And don't forget the little booklet, The Wonders of the Holy Face. Throughout the day, the holy name of Jesus is, first of all, all-powerful. Our Lord himself solemnly promised that whoever asks the Father in his name shall receive. God never fails to keep his word. For this reason, the church ends her prayer with the, re the words, Through Jesus Christ which gives the prayer a new divine efficacy. So each time we say Jesus, we give God infinite joy and glory, for we offer to him all our infinite merits of the passion and death of Jesus Christ. 
St. Paul tells us that Jesus merited the name of Jesus by his passion and death. Each time, folks, we say, let us clearly wish to offer to God all the masses being said all over the world for our intentions. Thus we share in these thousands of masses. See how, see how you can build yourself up in the spiritual life? You pull yourself down with the world, the devil, and the flesh. Lift it up to Christ. Live in the present moment. And that's how we overcome sin in our lives. Because if you think about it, living in the presence of God, God is with us at all moments of our life. Call on that. Call on our guardian angel to help us. And remember, as St. Augustine said, hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. What? Yeah, anger at the way things are. You should be angry at the way things are in the world. And courage to see that they do not remain as they are. How do we remain? How do we do that? By having our spiritual life first, an interior conversion to Jesus Christ. We can't go out and evangelize, in my humble opinion, until we have this relationship with Jesus Christ so that he gives us joy in our heart, joy in our soul to want to share that gospel with anyone who comes our way. And that's how we work in the world to have fight off spiritual attacks by living close to Jesus. As we've said before, and I'm going to play this, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jesse, what state should we be living in? And I'm going to play a clip from an old movie where these military guys are getting to go to confession. Let's hear what they have to say. Play that clip. Yep, I guess they're not going to be able to play the clip. The clip is a great old movie where these men... Okay, I think he's going to play it. Let's see if he got it. Here it Amen. Fight well for your God and your country. God bless you all. Stay safe. That's it, guys. Nothing more to worry about. We're going to die now. We're going to die in the state of grace. Did you hear that, folks? We're going to die now. We're going to die in the state of grace. It's an old movie that uh, I just had to play. I thought it would be nice since Jess wasn't here. He would say, die in the state of grace. And that's the key in life. Up next, the Bible with the Barbers. Paul Clay is going to be joining me. And uh, we're going to talk about how the Bible brought him back to the Catholic faith and much more with a biblical worldview on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your